So this is a warning up front. This is going to be a slightly long podcast, but it is one of the most interesting podcasts we're going to talk about because we are going to talk about how we've gone out and totally redesigned a case competition for a business school in London, right? So in a previous podcast, I, I really took issue with the way case competitions were being run. We get asked to sponsor a lot of case competitions. We don't sponsor many of them. And because of the efforts to uh, entice us to get involved, I was a little bit irritated with the way case competitions were being run and the way people were trying to convince me that you know this makes sense. And I, I, it doesn't make any sense. Case competitions are a waste of time and money and basically mislead people. They're an advertisement for consulting firms. They don't help a candidate ever land an interview or even become remotely closer to getting an offer from a consulting firm. As far as I'm concerned, if you're one of our clients, we'll tell you not to do a case competition. We'll tell you to ignore it and we'll tell you to just hide if your MBA program wants you to do a case competition. It's not It's not going to help you at all. So, one of our um, um, clients in the program, sort of actually a graduate of the program who's now at Bain, um, liked the podcast, or maybe didn't like it, I'm not sure. But anyway, he forwarded it to a former partner at Bain who is a senior member on the Dean's Committee at a major business school in Europe. And they, the, that partner liked what he heard. He liked the philosophy. And he, they contacts, contacted us and said, you know, would we be interested in working with them to redesign their case coaching program? And you know the rules for firm consulting. We never approach anyone. So you have to invite us in, right? We will never, ever advertise, never engage anyone. You must invite us in. If you invite us in, we want total control over the event. If we have total control of the event, we want it to be run anonymously. That's the rules we operate on. Anon an anonymity, total control, and we must be invited. So after some little, after some debate and discussion, the dean eventually said, okay, I understand this. Do it your way. Just keep me uh, you know, appraised of what's happening. But the rule was we would run it our way. So... What did we do? Well, let me explain to you how we've set up this program, right? So for the first thing, so let's talk about some of the principles of the way we set up this program. For the first thing, I think case competitions must be a spectator spot. Let me explain what that means. I think that people need to be put under pressure and they need to be put under pressure by people observing what they're doing. So the setup for this competition was that I asked them to take a a sort of a basketball court. I'm not sure if it was a basketball court. I think it was a volleyball court because it's Europe, right? They don't play so much basketball. I think it was a volleyball court. They had stands on both ends, and I asked them to set up the um, the event such that it would be. Um, you think of a lab, right? You know, you've got these working tables going from one end of the room to the other. So I asked them to set up eight tables like that because I wanted 16 candidates to go through the program. So a candidate would sit, one candidate would sit on one end of the table, the other one would sit on the other end. So you've got eight rows and you've got candidates on each end, right? Okay, so, and I wanted spectators, right? So that's the first rule. The second one is that the idea of teamwork in a case competition is utter nonsense. You know, we, consulting firms don't test teamwork in, a in, in the case interviews, unless it's PhD candidates, so we're not going to test teamwork in case competitions. We're not going to have teams, no teams, individuals only, right? So we're going to shelve the idea of teams. 16 candidates, they're going to be tested by themselves. Second thing that we changed is that we don't want everyone to apply. Business schools have this ridiculous idea that everyone needs to go and join a case competition and it's like good for them. It's not good for them. You need to make it competitive to get into the competition. So what we decided is that we will screen the candidates 
who will get into the competition. All they need to know is that they are going to be invited to a private event hosted by some consulting firms. That's it. They shouldn't be told what it's about. They shouldn't have to put together cover letters. They shouldn't have to put together essays. They just need to send their applications. They need to send a, a typical cover letter and they need to send a copy of their resume. So when they sent this, they didn't even know why they were joining and we would select who would get into the program, right? No one else could get into the program. And if they were invited to the program, they weren't going to be prepped and told what the program was going to be about. That was the, the key criteria. As always, all candidates joining any of our programs have to sign extensive non-disclosure agreements. So they can't even talk about the event, right? Beyond that, we also decided that, you know what, there has to be only be one winner. So at the end of this program, 16 candidates, there can only be one winner. So we had to set up a program that would allow us to filter out and reject candidates as we go through the program and develop one winner at the end. We also operated on the principle of demonstrated competency. It was very important for us that if the candidate told us that they had done an analysis, we wanted to see them doing in the analysis. That's the difference between most case competitions. You let a candidate and his team beaver away in a room, we enclosed doors where they're spending all the time on Google, downloading economic models, saying they did some analysis, and then presenting pretty slides because they copied Deloitte, McKinsey, and BCG's templates and just you know put in their stuff. Obviously, you can't copy Bain templates. They're too ugly, but that's a different point. But the point is that we, if you, if candidate says they can do something, we want them to do it in front of us so we can observe it. So demonstrated competency became a very important viewpoint, which means that because we wanted candidates to demonstrate everything in front of us, well, we had to make sure that we set up the case in such a way that they could do this in a time-effective manner, right? We also wanted to perfectly mimic case interviews, right? We weren't going to do something that's not tested in case interviews, and we want to do everything that's tested in case interviews, but go even even deeper. For example, we want to spend a lot of time testing the fundamentals of cases, you know, the ability to do estimation, the ability to brainstorm, and so on. So we're going to test those things explicitly and then move into full cases, right? So we were quite excited about that. We also wanted a very tough selection process. And we say tough selection process, we didn't just want the criteria to be tough, but we wanted the process to be quite, you know, I wouldn't say hazardous, but to be quite um, uh, stressful on, on candidates. For us, that was a, a, a very important criteria we set up and the way we organized the program. And we did that in a couple of ways, right? I mentioned we, we set this up in a volleyball court. We wanted spectators around us so that candidates felt as if they were going through something important. Um, we had to have a good prize at the end, right? You know, one thing that really annoys me with these case competitions, they have these really stupid prizes at the end. Who in the world is going to give their heart and soul for a prize that's worth nothing, right? So we, we, we came up with two prizes here, right? The first one is that we sponsored the financial prize at the end of the event. And we made it quite a substantial prize. One candidate would win $15,000, right? And a chance to, you know, spend a day with us, which I'm hoping people saw that as a prize. I don't know, but, you know, a chance to spend uh, a day with us. We were in London, so they got to spend the whole day with us meeting clients and seeing what it's like to work as a management consultant. Um, maybe some people didn't like that prize. Maybe it's one of the money. I don't know. But the point is, the prize had to be substantial. $15,000 for one candidate, which is, if you consider an MBA program, in Europe, one-year program costs anywhere from $60,000 to $120,000. That's a pretty substantial amount, right? Uh, beyond that, we also, you know, our philosophy, again, is we never approach anyone else, but we, 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 we kind of hinted enough to the um, dean that he's got to invite a McKinsey partner to come in 
and see the quality of the candidate. And even though the McKinsey partner wouldn't commit to it, um, if things went well, it was agreed that if he liked the candidate, they would be invited into the interview process, if they, f if they felt they were happy with the process, right? The next principle in terms of what we drove into the case is that we wanted to make this extraordinarily intense. We, wa we want to see how a candidate acts when they're under stress, because when a candidate is under stress, that's how they will act intuitively. Right? We don't want to see how a candidate would act when they've had enough time to prepare and hide all their faults. So what we did is, and this shocked a lot of people, is we started the training program at 6 a.m. The program started at 6 a.m., which means people had to be there by 5 a.m. to have breakfast, and the session started at 6 a.m. It, it pissed off a lot of people, I must say. But, you know, we want to see how people respond under stress. This is not meant to be fun. This is not meant to be a fun event. We're not coming in and doing this event to make sure people join the firm's consulting program. No way in hell are we doing that. We don't even mention firm's consulting is involved yet. We just mentioned that we are running the program and we want to get the best out of it. We want people to go through an event that perfectly mimics the case competition. Right? So we made it intense. We started at 6 a.m. just to throw off many people. So we knew when we came to 5 p.m., 4 p.m., they're going to be pretty exhausted, you know, falling over themselves, maybe falling asleep while they're doing the case and so on. You know, basically, we want to see how someone responds under stress. If you can solve cases under stress, you can do anything you want. You're going to be a star, right? And finally... Um, the thing that I liked a lot is the way we ran the session. We wanted to prove to candidates that, you know what, you need to understand that good case technique doesn't come from the fact that someone knows you're a partner. So people know that the firm's consulting, you know, um, coaches were all ex-partners. And, you know, I didn't want candidates to think that um, we only can solve cases and we only have credibility because we're ex-partners. I wanted to show them that... Um, we could handle anything. So we want to do some demonstration exercises for them as well. So pay careful attention to what I'm going to say next, right? We invited two older PhD candidates from a university outside of the school in which we were operating. We let candidates know that we were inviting them, right? So these, um, so the, the, the dean obviously did the introduction at the beginning and I think some of the professors. And then these two, P these two PhD candidates from outside of the school came in and then uh, the dean said, okay, we're going to do a mock case with them and we're going to have a Bain engagement manager do the mock case with them, right? So these two, the one uh, PhD candidate from outside the school goes up in front of the entire group of 16 candidates and um, you know, whatever people they brought along to observe and some of the professors and some of the other students. And the PhD candidate and the Bain engagement manager then did the case. And the rule was that the Bain engagement manager had to be quite tough on the PhD candidate to show people you know, what consulting firms are looking for. The Bain engagement manager did not know the PhD candidate. They had never met before. So they were, it was totally blind, right? We wanted the candidates, the 16 candidates, to see what it was like, right? The PhD candidate did extraordinarily well. Now let me tell you some let me give you some inside information about this PhD candidate. That PhD candidate was me. People don't really know us very well because we keep a quite a low profile. So it was very easy for us to go in. Uh, most of these people didn't know what we looked like. I had to dye my hair, obviously get rid of some of the gray. I pretended to be an older PhD candidate. No one knew who I was. And the Bain engagement manager gave me a really hard time, but at the end of the day they were in, you know the feedback was you know extraordinarily impressed. You know, this person is far above where 
um, you need to be for cases. You know, there's just no doubt this person is going to be a success. Of course, you know, the reason why I'm going to be a success is because I used to be a partner, but they didn't know that. And the point I wanted to prove to candidates is that we don't just give you advice, we can actually solve cases as well. Right? And I think it was a shock for many of those candidates where at the end of the session the dean said, well, actually, this is Michael Boricki. He is the principal of firms consulting and he's going to be running the process. So I think a lot of people were surprised. I kind of don't think the Bain candidate was too happy about it and uh, that we kind of led them on. But imagine if I had failed that case or the Bain candidate said, you know what, you need a lot of effort, you're not going to make it. I mean, that would have been quite embarrassing. So touch wood, that didn't happen. But the point is that the final principle in the way we set this up is that in the final round, the last two candidates who went in to be selected, we did not run the screening. Why did we not run the screening? Because at the beginning of, th of the morning, when we're dealing with the 16 candidates, we're grilling them and grilling them and grilling them, right? But we're also putting them through our process. Now, if we're putting them through our process, there's a conflict of interest because we have to then show that our process works. And if we are selecting the final candidate, because they went through our process, we are biased towards selecting a candidate and saying they did well because they went through our process. So to prevent that conflict of interest, with the final two candidates, we allowed the McKinsey partner to do the full screening and we weren't involved. In fact, we took the role of coaching those two candidates and then the partner to pick the best candidate, right? So... The process, I think, worked very well. You know, what we did is we started off with uh, giving them an estimation case. They had 16 candidates sitting on both sides to do an estimation case over 10 minutes, right? They had to do it on a piece of paper. We weren't given any prep in advance. We collected the sheets. We put up the sheets of the five people that had the best estimation cases. And remember, if you, if you structured your writing incorrectly on the sheet of paper, we also looked at dismissing people for that as well. Communication is fundamental. So some candidates say, but you never told us that. But the point is, our job is not that to guide you. You have to be ready for anything. We, so we, we collected the sheets, and we have quite a good team working with us. You know, thank, you know, a special thank you to the literature department who were much better at using technology than the technical uh, uh, gurus at the university center. So we very quickly went through what we said was the five best analyses, put that up and, and onto our, uh, big screen TVs which are put around the room so the audience can see what good looked like and we gave brief comments on each one. Then we, 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 we also told the other candidates that who were safe and then we put up the five worst looking sheets we went through each one and then we basically told two candidates you know what you're out of this round and they can join the spectators right then we went through the next round again a an estimation case but a much more complex estimation case the ones you know where we have to be working with supply and demand uh you know there's very complex ones we do with candidates same process top five worst five right then we went through a brainstorming exercise then we look at the top four the worst four. Then we went from a brainstorming exercise to a simple case. I mean, this one is sh shocking how badly people fail profitability cases, right? With the profitability case, but this time because we had got rid of one, two, three sets of candidates, we had dropped from 16 to 10, right? So we have now 10 candidates. And what we did is we, we, we uh, put earphones onto some of the candidates and played music. And then we had our coaches go through and spend 10 minutes with each candidate doing a case, right? So that's each, ca each coach spent 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes with each candidate. And we covered 10, we covered basically uh, five candidates in about 20 minutes, right? But obviously, we didn't have five coaches. We had something like three coaches. So it took us about an hour to complete all of this. When we finished, we then, um, again, did some quick editing and played some of the best 
feedback we received audio over this loudspeaker we also put up the photos of those we thought were the best and were safe the ones who were the worst and then we spent a lot of time critiquing their technique why we th why we thought they were bad and we you know we had the the team from the literature department who were excellent editors if they ever want to start their own remixing outfit they could do it they then started playing snippets of what we thought were examples of good communication, bad communication. But we spent a lot of time breaking down why we thought things were good and why things were bad. Then we got rid of two candidates. Now we're down to our final eight, right? Again, we gave them a tough case, right? Same principle. But again, we spent a little bit longer. We spent 20 minutes with a candidate here. We went through the basics, talked them through it, put up the, the uh, top two that were safe, the bottom the bottom uh, four that were weakest, again, heavy critique, a lot of feedback, and cut out two of them, right? Then we went into a fit question, right? And the candidates don't know what to expect. They don't know what's coming their way. They don't know what's in the next round. It's like a you know, total surprise to them. Fit, fit goes much quicker, right? Everyone went through it, played the best, Gave a lot of feedback on the fit. In fact, we spent a lot of time on the fit. Then we broke for lunch, right? And as we break for lunch, we're now down to, I think it was our final four candidates. Final four candidates, we come in for the final round with us. We give them quite a heavy case. And then we go through the same process of giving feedback. But this time, we had reached the final round, right? It's about 3.30 p.m. We break for tea. Everyone's really fatigued, really exhausted, right? Especially the final two. And they're up against the McKinsey partner. Again, the McKinsey partner spends 30 minutes doing the same case with one candidate, 30 minutes to 40 minutes. He went a little bit over. The guy's old, he likes talking. You know, he's a friend of mine, but we, we didn't invite him. We have a rule of not soliciting favors, not soliciting anything, but I know him quite well. So he likes, you know, he's a real partner. He doesn't really stay on script, he does his own thing. When when the when one of the final candidates is doing their case, the other one has earphones on and they can't hear anything that's happening. And everyone can observe what's happening. It's all over speakerphone. There's also, you know, we used a, as projectors so that people could see they're working on a big screen TV. So it's like a little bit like reality TV. And I can't say that, you know, that I wasn't inspired by reality TV when I did this. Um, but we decided to really throw out everything onto the table. And then when that candidate was finished, they could watch what the other candidate was doing, right? There's no reason to put earphones, they're very finished. At the end of the day, the partner to then pick with us, you know, the partner, we, we gave feedback on the candidates and how we thought they performed and how we thought they performed over the day, which was very important for the partner. He hadn't seen how they performed over the day. He came towards the end. And then the partner to pick. And I'm happy to say that the one person who did win was offered a chance to interview at McKinsey, bypassing the first round and going straight into the final round, which I think was a great testimony to the program. I don't know if this is good news or bad news. I mean, we'll see how it goes, but the business school has invited us back to run their case program next year completely. So we're going to be running this program at this business school. It's a very good business school completely. So this year, while we kept it heavily under wraps, a lot of NDAs, next year when we run it, I mean, everyone is going to know we're going to be running it and the way we're going to be running it. But I think this is the way you run a case competition. Heavy pressure, demonstrated competency, the prize must be worthwhile. And at the end of the day, it's a process of weaning people off on the most basic skills they need to demonstrate. And they've got to demonstrate everything by themselves, without a team, in one day where you have one uh, winner rising to the top and the prize has to be meaningful right it has to be something like an offer or a chance to interview you know you know going all the way to the top 
So I think it was a very good session. I like it. I think this is the way case competitions need to be driven. In fact, going forward, we do this year we sponsored eight case competitions worldwide. Next year we're only going to sponsor probably three, but we're going to insist that the schools who work with us use this format and no other format. Um, no other format works. We'll obviously help them set it up, but it will be a condition of working with us going forward because I do feel that at the end of the day, it's very clear to see who is a strong management consultant out of this program versus someone who just won some funny little case competition that's not going to even prepare them for case interviews. And of course, what's good about this is that we grill people at the beginning, but at the end, the people that are making it in the final rounds, we start coaching them. We then step back because we own the process and ask an independent partner to come in and give his judgment and he's not just giving his judgment but he's putting he's voting on it by offering someone to bypass the first round and saying you know what you are good the program does work the program does show you are good therefore you're good enough to go into the final round of a McKinsey interview you know pending sending in your applications and everything that you claim to have in your application package you know graduating with distinction and so on is as is when you make your final submission so case competitions are a waste of time unless they're done this way. You may disagree, you're welcome to do that, but I'd be happy to hear your comments.